Dateline, February 13th, 2011. Well, g'day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 135 of the Airplane Geek Show. Uh, Grant, boy, I tell you what, it's been a busy news week for aviation in this part of the world this week. Oh, it certainly has. It looks like the airlines and the Air Force and everyone are trying to uh, make up for some quiet times over the last few months. Absolutely. Well, it gives us lots to talk about. Now, we've got a couple of briefs we're going to go through first, and then we're going to go into the big news of the week, which is uh, some looming industrial strife at Qantas. That's right. But uh, first up uh, on Qantas once again, uh, last week we were talking about the whole fuel surcharge situation and uh, thanks to the guru at Flight Wisdom blog who wrote into uh, the Airplane Geeks and pointed out that the US does actually have fuel surcharges, it's just that they're buried inside the tickets and aren't allowed to be reported on separately. Thanks for that, I didn't realise that you did have them in in there. Uh, here in Australia they are there uh, and it, there are ways you can bring up and see what the uh, surcharges are. Typically when you're on most airline sites though, they just show you a, a flat fee including all surcharges and taxes. But uh, at the moment, though, Qantas has decided to not only increase the surcharge as they were last week, now they're also up increasing domestic airfares. And again, they're saying it's due to fuel. It just goes to highlight the point that I was attempting to make last week. And, uh, you know, I guess perhaps I wasn't clear, but I actually like the way they do it in the US. It should be just buried in the price. Let's let's face it, a major component of any ticket is the cost of the fuel. And uh, the idea that uh, Qantas will charge you for the fuel and then charge you for the fuel again, I, I find ridiculous. And now here they are increasing their base fare because of fuel and then increasing their fuel surcharge on top of that. So it's uh, to me, it's double dipping. So um, anyway, uh, one of many, uh, many Qantas stories this week, Grant. Yeah, that's right. I'm, look, I'm sure there's some complex reason they're able to pull out that says, oh, no, no, for these fares, we don't have a surcharge. For these ones, we do, et cetera, et cetera. But all that pales into insignificance against Air New Zealand's new all-black A320, which uh, is not only the newest one in their fleet and not only painted to support the all-blacks uh, rugby union team, but it also has a Pico cell on board that allows your mobile phone to do voice, text, and email while you're flying. Once you reach cruising altitude, the Pico cell switches on. You're allowed to turn on your phone, and that keeps your phone running at a lower uh, energy level, so it's not putting out as much interference. Of course, that doesn't mean that it's free. It's going to cost you quite a bit of money, I would say, to use that. They're not cheap, but it also means that now you get to interfere with other passengers by talking on the mobile phone. And if we all know that everyone talks louder on a mobile phone because they can't hear themselves back in their ear to save uh, battery power, mobile phones don't play your voice when you're talking to someone like a normal phone does so people naturally start to talk louder on a mobile talking about the cost to use the service uh, looks like it's provided by Vodafone and they're charging uh, flight roaming costs of uh, 80 cents this is a New Zealand uh, currency 80 cents per outbound text and $3.50 New Zealand per minute to make a call um, Ouch. and boy uh, <laughs> $20 per megabyte of data so uh, boy uh, you'd, you'd really want to uh, meet it if you needed to make a call using that Pico so oh, interesting technology yeah. though yeah th- those prices are quite high for example, here in Australia, you get charged about 20 to 25 cents to send an SMS. So yeah, that means they've got quite a premium on that service. So you definitely don't want to use it too much. But uh, look, you know, speaking of premiums and uh, costs and things like that, there's uh, indications that Rolls-Royce may be holding back on the level of compensation to Qantas for the famous A380 incident. According to Merrill Lynch, they estimate that Qantas has uh, had an impact of approximately 207 million Australian dollars, 70 million directly to repair the aircraft and 137 million in lost income costs associated with hotel telling people and leasing aircraft to pick up the uh, downtime while the A380s were all grounded. However, Rolls-Royce are reporting that they see it as being only 90 million Australian dollars. So uh, hmm, sounds like there's going to be a bit of a squabble going on there soon. 
Boy, I tell you what, Qantas's dispute resolution teams are going to be working in overdrive, for, I reckon, for the next uh, several months. Yeah, well, maybe they can put them in that second A380 simulator. Although I note that it's not in Jetstar colours, it's still being considered a Qantas simulator. <laughs> yeah, it says here in a, an article in Australian Aviation this week that Qantas has ordered a second, uh, what they're saying here is a CAE 7000 series level D full flight simulator. Oh, I'd love to get in that. Yeah, we ought to organise that, Grant. Yes, I think we should start talking to our friends at Qantas, although after today's report, they may not be our friends anymore. <laughs> Maybe we should stick to our friends at the RAF. Yeah, one of the uh, RAF's PC-9 air training aircraft uh, had to abort its takeoff in uh, RAAF Pierce in Western Australia after an engine failure on takeoff and flames were actually uh, observed coming out of the engine. So uh, at the moment, the fleet is not grounded, but flight operations are suspended. The uh, PC-9 has been an extremely reliable aircraft for the Royal Australian Air Force over the last, let's say, 20 years that it's been here. Primarily used as a training aircraft, also used for some uh, forward air controlling duty as well. Moving on to the big story of this week, uh, the Qantas Pilots Union, the Australian and International Pilots Association, have uh, been in uh, talks with Qantas management for uh, quite some time, we believe, over a new enterprise agreement. Uh, the last enterprise agreement expired at the end of last year, and uh, Qantas pilots, uh, let's face it, have, have, have really been looking for a better deal, and, and this dispute, depending on who you want to listen to, uh, is not so much over pay, it seems, it's more over job security, and uh, given that some of the, uh, the changes in the Qantas group that uh, we've been talking about for a long time here in the Australia desk. I can't say that I blame Qantas mainline pilots for being a little bit concerned about the way things are going. Yes, yeah, Steve. I mean, job security is difficult for anyone this in this world these days, but uh, they do have some valid complaints. And here to start things off is uh, Qantas spokesperson Olivia Worth. Uh, we heard her on Radio 3 MTR. We obviously want to provide job security for all our employees, not only for our pilots. And the best way to secure job security for the pilots is to make sure that we can get our international business back on track. Um, the average, interestingly, the average uh, pilot has been working with Qantas for 20 to 25 years. We haven't made a Qantas pilot redundant in 41 years. So there is a significant amount of job security that's been with the business. The case that our CEO, Alan Joyce, made today to the pilots was that we need to work with our pilots. We need our pilots on board. They're absolutely critical for our business. But job security can only be provided if we get our international business up and running, if we get it back on track. Which is a mouthful of words there, Grant, and really, uh, to my way of thinking, that's just a lot of spin, which which I guess, in fairness to Miss Worth, is what she's paid to do. Um, <laughs> and, and I noticed actually in those opening comments that she made there, Grant, that she's really talking about the past and not the future. I mean, okay, great, they haven't uh, made anyone redundant in 41 years and, and all that sort of stuff, but that's really not what any of these um, forward-looking disputes are about, in my view. They're more about what's happening in the future. Correct, and uh, yeah, as she's saying, they need their pilots, they, they rely on them and so on. Well, you know, Alan Joyce was making a big thing about how great and well-trained and highly skilled Qantas pilots are at the time of the A380 incident. And yet now he's turning around and saying, well, actually, we want you all to be at the Jetstar level where pilots are not paid as much. Here's what Olivia Worth had to say about the way Qantas management is viewing the uh, the claims made by the union. I guess the point of difference here is that the pilots were seeking as part of their contract that the only Qantas pilots would be operating Qantas group flights, and that includes Jetstar, it includes Jetstar Asia. So that is not part of the negotiation. That is not on the table and it's not up for discussion. Discussion. We absolutely want to provide security, but security is, in the, is, is by us working together with the pilots and getting our international business back on track. They're also seeking a significant pay rise of 8.5%, which is obviously unreasonable, and uh, there was some discussion of that today as well. 
Now, that's really interesting because that figure of uh, 8.5% is uh, disputed by Barry Jackson, the president of the union, as we'll hear in a minute. He's saying they only want about uh, 2%, which is actually below the consumer price index at the moment, the uh, inflation rate. The figure is that's going around. The the, uh, union is asking directly for 2.5% per year as an increase, and uh, that's immediately being thrown around as uh, actually an 8.15% effective increase per year by Qantas. Not 8.5, but 8.15% what they have, they said in um, articles uh, because what they're saying is that if you include uh, category changes and also your uh, travel allowances and things like that. But there's also figures being thrown around of 14.4% over three years and even 26% over three years. And it's it's all getting really confusing. And, and all it's reminding me is that there's lies, damn lies and statistics, something that uh, our friend Dan knows very well. The interesting thing here, and, and I mentioned this at the top here about job security, and uh, here's what Captain Barry Jackson from the Australian and International Pilots Association. Here's his take on it. The bottom line for us is that we're concerned. Uh, the pilots themselves are concerned about job security. Uh, that was our main thrust. We see uh, a lot of uh, subsidiaries, uh, be it uh, Jetstar, Jetstar New Zealand, wherever you care to mention, uh, a lot of growth outside the Qantas group. And our um, our members are concerned about uh, the offshoring of, uh, of an Australian icon. And we've talked about that before, and particularly, Grant, with regard to the uh, the New Zealand subsidiary, Qantas Jet Connect. And uh, as we've mentioned before, those aircraft come in and out of Australia from New Zealand. They're painted in Qantas colours and they use Qantas flight numbers. But it's a separate uh, business unit and uh, obviously they're paid on a, a completely different and separate uh, enterprise agreement and for considerably less than Qantas mainline pilots uh, are being paid for. So you can see why that's attractive to Qantas management. They're trying to uh, trim overheads everywhere they can and that's why they have all new pilots coming into Jetstar on these new agreements which are significantly cheaper to Qantas than the Qantas mainline pilots are. And then Jet Connect, yep, looks like a Qantas flight, smells like a Qantas flight, paid for via pilots based outside of Australia on totally different rates. So that's the thing they're doing. They've already done it with the, uh, as we reported some time ago, with uh, the Qantas Cabin Crew Australia agreement, where uh, the old guard cabin crew remained on their uh, previous rates and all new cabin crew were bought in on almost Jetstar rates, but they're actually working on Qantas mainline flights. So they've done it with the cabin crew, they're trying it with engineering, and now they're trying it with uh, with the pilots as well. Well, here's what Barry Jackson had to say about the, the claims for uh, pay that were made by uh, Olivia Worth earlier on. Our claim was 2.5%. We had six claims. Those uh, claims that we put across the table were basically to ensure job uh, security for our members. If, if for example, uh, there is no growth in the main line, then, um, then there is potential for redundancies uh, while... Uh, we see growth in uh, subsidiaries. So uh, a major concern that um, yeah, the growth will be offshore and uh, offshoring jobs uh, uh, in it, as opposed to Australians who potentially could lose their jobs. This is what this is all about. Yeah, very interesting stuff. And um, it, it's always interesting. I mean, I see this a lot in the industry that I work in, Grant, where uh, obviously management will paint it to the public as saying, well, look, they're after all this extra money. I mean, perhaps that's only part of the equation here. And uh, the way the Qantas group is, is set up these days, it's actually a, a collection of uh, separate airlines. You know, you've got Jetstar and you've got all the offshoots of Jetstar in different parts of the world. Um, and what the Qantas people appear to be looking at here, and we're uh, just seeing this in an article by Steve Creddy in The Australian, it appears that what they're looking for is a more defined career path for Qantas pilots where they can come in 
and, and work in the commuter airlines uh, in any part of the Qantas business, work their way up through Jetstar and, and then uh, go on into uh, Qantas mainline. So it's a completely logical career path setup that they're looking for there, in my opinion. I oh, agree. It's, uh, it's, it sounds like a really great way to go. You start low, you uh, end up at the top and flying the A380. But the reality is it's not the way Qantas are going. Since the times of Dixon, Qantas have been changing and changing and they have become a more focused on the bottom line kind of air, airline. They're, they're ruled by the numbers. Whereas you look at some other airlines um, in New Zealand, for example, the Rob Five method is to say, look after your staff. And if you've got happy staff, they'll go the extra mile to make your customer happy. And a happy customer will come back and spend more money and tell more friends to come back with you. And therefore, your bottom line will look good. You've still got to be savvy about business, but it's interesting to see the differences. Sure, Air New Zealand is not perfect and has problems with its, with its staff, but it's quite a different airline the way it's run to Qantas. So we're looking here at Qantas Mainline, about 2,300 pilots. Uh, and uh, looking at some of the other news reports we've seen here, it looks like that they're, they're pretty heavily backing the union here. So yes. uh, it, it is interesting times. Um, who's right and who's wrong? And how do you strike a balance? Well, that's going to take some very skilled negotiations on both sides, I think. Um, the, the challenge that Qantas has, uh, and I guess the union as, as a stakeholder in that has, is that they're trying to operate in a, in a modern environment, but uh, still operate as, a, as I guess, um, a legacy carrier. And uh, I imagine that would be extremely difficult to strike that balance. It does seem that way, mate. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this one comes out. But I think all the indicators are that we're going to have uh, the Qantas mainline pilots going head to head with Alan Joyce. Well, it gives us lots to talk about here on the Ausdesk anyway, <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll end it off here for this week. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks.